All right, welcome to episode 40. Yep. Having a, a smoothie. What is this what is it called? Uh, it wasn't a smoothie. Huh? It was a... Like a Great American or banana? Oh, I don't even remember. All the smoothies have cute names now. All right, episode 40, sponsors Blue Apron. Thanks to Blue Apron. Without Blue Apron, we'd not be able to be here today. Uh, a lot to talk about. First, I always like to talk about music. And it's also stuff that maybe we didn't get to on the show or stuff that I didn't think fit on the show that we can put in. So we'll spend a half hour just first talking about some new stuff. I haven't heard the new Lord song yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe by the time you hear this podcast, it'll be old. But as of right now, I've not heard it. It's called Green Light. Let me hear this thing. I do my makeup in somebody else's car. We order different drinks at the same bars. Sounds like angry Kesha so far. <laughs> I know about what you did and I want to scream the truth. She thinks you love the beach, you're such a damn liar. Those great whites, they have big teeth Oh, they bite you Thought you said that you would always be in love But you're not in love No more Did it frighten you? How we kissed when we danced on the light of floor On the light of floor But I hear sounds in my mind Brand new sounds in my mind Enough of that. Uh, Lord Green Line. Okay, just weird enough and just poppy enough to still work as a Lord song. It has to be weird. Mm-hmm. If it's not weird, that's her whole thing is being odd. Remember, do you remember when the first Lord song came out? It like changed everybody's life for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, I mean, we made it a cover. They, with Craig Campbell, yeah. and it made like jukeboxes all across. I mean, stations were playing that. I think it's on like iTunes too. It made like iTunes. But yeah, but when Royals came out, that was like the jam. But you're not in love. No more. Did it I t- Wait, I know how to work this thing. Why is this one over here not working? Oh, it's, it's, yeah. it's playing in my bedroom. Right now, my bedroom's hearing oh. Lord. <laughs> all, all these computers are connected. Are they? Listen to the John Mayer a lot. You don't even like John Mayer, do you? Not really. You're too punk. I guess so. <laughs> I was listening to Reliant K yesterday. You know that is? I do. I figured you would. <laughs> they were on the radio. Uh, I was listening to the Alternative Station. I was like, Ah, Mike D would love this. Uh, the John Mayer "Still Feel Like Your Man" is such a good song. I still feel like your man. Oh. I still feel like your man. Oh. I still feel 
Upset about Katy Perry and Orlando Bloom? Why? I don't know. <laughs> I, I never care about celebrity couples. Like I have no craps. And I was like, oh man, I was rooting for those two. <laughs> I, maybe because she dated John Mayer, and it's like eighteen degrees of separation. And I'm like, I I really, I'm really rooting for <laughs> John. Liked her. Like when a player goes to another team, you still yeah, you still kind of root for him. Yeah, even though he's playing for the Padres, I'm like, <laughs> you know, I still check on your stats every yeah. now and then. I hate to see not playing so well. Um, I've hung out with John Mayer a few times. Was he like? I don't really – every single time it was so different. So I have no – like I don't like to meet people I really like mm-hmm. their art because then I never felt the same thing about it. And so I've had a really great experience with them, a really terrible experience with them, and then one that just was nothing. And they're not just meet and greets. Like we've mm-hmm. actually like had dinner or – so it's – I just think he's an artist and artists are odd. And the more artsy you are, the more are, odd you are. Mm-hmm. So he's just an odd dude. I'm an odd dude. If you, and so it is. I mean, you get two odd dudes together. <laughs> so, but now, um, yeah, I, I mean, it sounds awesome. He was doing a character called the Hawk. Are you familiar with Tony Clifton? Yeah. Okay, so Andy Coffin I, was 30 years before his time comedically. And he did a character called Tony Clifton that came out and opened for him. So he would come out and do this really awkward comedy. But before him, Tony Clifton was a lounge singer that came out and insulted everyone. <laughs> and he dressed and put on like a fat – looked fat and mustache yeah, yeah, and came out glasses. smoking. It was like, ah, screw you. It's like a lounge act. And so John Mayer is doing a character called The Hawk where he's like this big fat dude with a big long hair and beard. And he's like playing the slash the guitar. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Like a real – I saw it on uh, a club on Colbert last night. But John Mayer is really funny though. Like it's – he – has to have some kind of in with Snapchat because he gets like all yeah. this stuff. You, ever, you follow him? Yeah. Like he gets to do things on Snapchat that I've looked for the buttons and I can't find. Yeah. All right. Saw so that. I like that music. Um, I got. I thought the Charlie Warsham thing was good last week. By the way, a lot of people commenting on that one way or the other. Those some of, some of the things that we do here, we talk to artists. It's cool because you, it gets really really deep in non musical places, mm-hmm. and some of them go really deep into musical places. Some of them are just fun hangouts. Charlie one kind of went somewhere completely off the music spectrum. It did. It was like a a, a life piece there. A little therapy uh, session. Uh, our next one will be with John Oates from Holland Oates. That's crazy. That is really crazy. 
Yeah. John Oates from Hall and Oates is going to come in and we're going to talk. You know, his life and career is so long. They've had so many songs. They're like, where do you start? And I guess it's up to me. But where, where do you, you don't, I mean, and we only have, you know, we have an hour and a half yeah. basically. But what do you think the most popular Hall and Oates song is? Um, probably You Make My Dream Come True. Is that? Yeah. yeah. Number one. Yeah. Number two is Maneater. Mm. Do you know this one? I don't know this She's one. a man-eater. Watch out! Oh, here's Manila! Oh, there she goes! Watch out! You don't know this song? I don't know this song. <laughs> this is before even my time. But I'm, this is just if you know music, you know music. Here. You may check that. Watching a wedding. with you, but her eyes are on the door. I think when you hear the chorus, you'll know it. So many are paid to see. You can't tell. Or ready for love. You ain't gonna get too far. Oh, here she comes. Okay. Watch out, boy. Heard that right? Yeah, I've heard that. You probably do you know this one here? You're a rich girl, yeah. And you're gone. Charlie Walsh actually played this yeah. on the radio show. Anyway. You can rely on the old man's money. You can rely on the old man's money. It's a bitch girl. Yeah, that's a big do you know Sarah's, Sarah's Smile? Don't know that one. This is a jam. And these are all old school stuff. I listened to these on the classic rock station when I was a kid. Baby, watch. When I feel cold, you warm me. And when I feel I can't go on, you come and hold me. It's you and me forever. Uh, okay, I bet you know this one. I can't go for that. Yeah, I know that one. I heard that one on the radio. No can do. I can't. Yeah, that's a good one too. They, I mean, they have, they're the biggest selling duo of all time, I believe. I can't go for that. Can't go for that. Can't go for that. Can't go for that. That's good. How about... You won't know she's gone. Anyway. Oh, you'll know this one. I bet money you know this one. Because your kiss, your kiss oh, yeah. is on Aww. my list. Because your kiss is on my list. The best things in life. You know this one? I do, yeah. And they are the best selling duo. The best selling duo of all time? All time. Yeah, yeah one over here. Uh, I mean, we're talking about nothing we re- thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> uh, anyway, that's just some music. And John Oates will be in on the next time. Today's National Book Day. Yeah. Because it's, I guess it's uh, reading Ameri- across America Week. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have, do you have favorite books? 
I read a lot of biographies. Yeah, me too. I mean, really, it's basically all I read. Pretty much, me too. Uh, I made a list of my... Give me your favorite books. If I said uh, you get three books. Okay, I would go Adam Carolla, Not Taco Bell Material. He has so many. Yeah. And I've read so many of his. But that's the one that's like pretty much just his life. And that was probably my favorite one of his. Okay. Um, Aziz Ansari, Modern Romance. So okay. he did like a big study of just dating in the in like modern age and everything. That's just good. And uh, your book, dude. Shut <laughs> it up. It is. Shut like, up. Like that's one of the ones that I read. Shut and up. I re- it was awesome. Shut up with that. <laughs> uh, my favorite book ever is Steve Martin's Born Standing Up. Again, Steve Martin can be born today and still be awesome. Did you have you ever read that? I haven't read it, dude. A it changed my here. life. I read the book and was like, it, "There are no rules on being an entertainer," and that book probably was the book for me that was like, "Okay, you're already on the radio." I was probably 23, 24 when I read it. Mm-hmm. I was like, "Okay, you're already on the radio, but you can do all, you can do anything you want." There's nothing. He started off working at Disney World as a kid, learning magic tricks, and even when he was playing comedy shows, he would go up in, in his comedy show. He would play his banjo. He'd make balloon animals. He would just do things. And it, w- it wasn't always punchline stuff. Everything wasn't really cerebral, cutting-edge comedy. It was just, can we all laugh together? And he would just do stuff. And for me, it completely changed how I thought about just entertaining, which is kind of how The Raging Idiot started, which is like, I don't have to be a good singer. I can be a good performer and surround myself with and with great singers and just make a show. Mm-hmm. Like our our raging idiot shows, they're a show. You're not going to come out and be blown away. Oh, you probably will because our singers are so good. Except for <laughs> me, like they're so good. There's, but it's it's a it's a real show show. Um, and then even with my stand up stuff, like I just go out and try stuff. Sometimes sometimes it, it involves knives. Sometimes it involves uh, helium. Sometimes it involves people. It does. So that book, that Steve Martin book, Born Standing Up, that between that and Private Parts from Howard Stern, mm-hmm. God, I, I didn't even put that down, but those books are, those are the two books that probably changed my life book-wise because they kind of said, okay, one, you can do whatever you want in the Steve Martin book, and the Howard Stern book was like, okay, everybody thinks you're different and odd and they don't like you, but who cares? Just go out and be better than everybody else and be better than them by just continuing to work. Just put, Just work. And you're gonna get in trouble, and you're gonna—it's gonna suck sometimes. And but I just keep working. And uh, you, both of those books to me, oh man, those, those are both life changers. I've read them both multiple times. Now that I think about it, I think I've read the Steve Martin book maybe eight times. Like it's that. Oh, dude, you'd love it. You would, you would love it. Um, I, the the Four Agreements is really good. You ever read that? No. Now it's not a biography. The only two books that I really love that aren't biographies. No, I read Da Vinci Code too, but it's, and Hunger Games. Oh, so many books that aren't biographies. But Four Agreements is like it's small, and it's like these are the rules of life, and it's like from old prophets. Not it's not religious at all. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference in religion and spiritual. You can be spiritual, but the difference you can be Christian, but be Methodist and Catholic. You're both. There are different kinds of religions. Whatever you get the point. Yeah, um, it's not a religious book. It is a spiritual book and. The, it's really great, and it's short, and it, it it's like the four core agreements to try to be happy. One of them is like don't, don't th- take things personal, like in business. Never take things personal. And so it's a good one. Um, you ever read Outliers? 
And haven't read it. Okay, that's the one I would say you have to read first. Okay. That one will change how you... It, Outliers is a book and every chapter is about something different. Mm-hmm. But Malcolm Gladwell is the guy who wrote it and also read Blink that he wrote. <clears throat> hope I said his name right. But uh, I'll give you an example of one of the chapters. Because, they're, man, they're all different. They're all so good. They, there's one chapter and I haven't read it in a few years. But talking about why there are more plane crashes in Asian culture than American, if I'm getting this right. Because in that culture, your superior, you listen to. In Western, if we have a problem, we challenge it. And if there's a problem with the plane and they're like, hey, you need to go down and you know you shouldn't go down. And Western culture, we're like, screw this. I'm not going down. I'll hurt these people. In Eastern culture, it's like, Okay, you told me to go down. I'm going to go down and because you told me to. It's really cr- – and that's why – and they use data. Mm-hmm. I probably botched that whole thing. Does that make sense though? Like they, <laughs> yeah. listen, they listen to their boss more than, than we yeah, do. I get it. And so because of that, there are decisions that are made differently. Another one is kids who are born in certain months are more successful because where you rank – like let's say you were born like in the school year. You're five years old, mm-hmm. and you're one of the oldest kids in the fifth grade. When you're five and you're the oldest kid, you're developed a lot more than the youngest kid in, fifth, in kindergarten, okay? Mm-hmm. So you're the oldest kindergartner versus the youngest kindergartner. You're developed a lot more in even that short amount of time. So those kids that play sports are much more developed, so they get put on all-star teams early. So they're already playing more than the other kids. So as they're playing, and get, they're, oh. they get to play more and get better and better and better and better, from a very young age. Wow. That makes sense. <laughs> so if you're born, I don't know how the school work. Let's just say you're born in July yeah. and you're the oldest person in your class. You're already more physically developed. You're more prone to be put on these special all-star teams at a young age. So you're getting even more practice than the person who's not. So as you get more practice, you get even better. And they broke down like your, uh, international soccer teams and like 95% of them were all born in this like month. It's, a cr- it's crazy. They talk about how Bill Gates just happened to be in one of the cities that had a computer at that time of the, the earth. Like those computers weren't everywhere, but where he lived, they happened to have one and he got to go do it and he loved it and he is super smart, but had it, there are certain circumstances that happen that allow. It's crazy, dude. And I probably <laughs> bought the whole thing, but um, yeah, it's national book day. So those are four books that I love. Blue Apron is awesome. And they let us do this, this podcast here and I have Blue Apron Right now on my counter, haven't even opened the box yet, full of ingredients that you can make meals at your house. You can do home-cooked meals, and for less than $10 per meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes with pre-portioned ingredients. You make these home-cooked meals. They get cooked for your wife, for your husband, uh, whoever, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. But they're going to be like, wow, you made this at home. You can even cook together. You want to get romantic? Cook it together. Blue Apron has like a guide. It's and Basically, it's a, for me, it's a page that tells me how to make the meal. So... I would have no idea, but it's got pre-portioned ingredients, so I don't buy too much, and you can make the meal, and it tells you how to do it, so it's pretty much all there for you. You can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free. With free shipping, go to blueapron.com slash bobbycast. You'll love how good it feels and it tastes. It's incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so I love Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash bobbycast to get the three meals for free if you just want to try Blueapron.com slash bobbycast if you want to do that, and I think you'll you'll like that. Um, the weird thing is now, Sturgill Simpson had tweeted me and was like, "Hey, want to come on the show?" And he's like, "I couldn't. My people couldn't find your requests." Mm-hmm. 
And I was like, okay, there's no way for me to prove that your people can't find my request. Also got on the air and shouted it out about 20 times. Like, hey, you're invited on the show. And he lives here and has people. It it got to him. But now that the Grammys are over and he's needs he did, first of all, he doesn't need anything. He's done everything independently. Which I'm like, why are you even worried about me? Like, I'm just an idiot on the radio. And you've been able to do all this without radio. And kind of, we come from the same place. Like, we think that we both think the system kind of sucks. Mm-hmm. And we're both changing the system in our own way. And so I messaged me. And I was like, hey, just come to the podcast. And we can talk about all your issues for like an hour. Because otherwise, you come on the radio show. You spend 12 minutes. You get cut off by commercial breaks. It's not the same. Yeah. And... Frankly, my audience overall doesn't care. He has a very passionate audience. He sells a lot of records. But my audience just in general doesn't care about Sturgill Simpson. Some do, but overall they don't. They care about the Dirk Bentleys, the Keith Urbans. They care about the uh, pop, some of the pop side. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a pretty normal person audience. And somebody's going to listen and go, this bullcrap, I love Stur-. Yes, he has a very dedicated fan base. Most people don't care about me. But the people that listen and are a part of the show with us, like it's a pretty passionate group. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sturgill's more than invited to come sit and talk and get all of his grievances out. I'd love it. Like wide open mic for you, Sturgill. You tweet tweet me away, and you know, dude, I hope you come up. I hope you accept it. And he was like, oh, you know, the podcast. Freaking John Oates is coming up. He's I in know. the Rock and Roll <laughs> Hall of Fame. Um, Dirks is coming up. Uh, he's gonna. We're gonna do a big one with him. Like, Marin's been up. She just won a Grammy, too. No, know. it's just like, now, it's just about the content. People find good stuff. Yeah. So, hope he comes up. Like, I, I'm not a big fan of his music. I don't not like it. I don't listen to it. It's not my thing. But, I love the fact that he went his own way and did it his own way. I love it. I think it's amazing. It's very similar to Macklemore. I mean, there are a lot of these stories of artists who are just like, you know, I'm just going to do it. I'm gonna be really good at it, and then people, hopefully people gravitate to it, and they do, and you build your story. And Macklemore stories—I mean, it's very similar. These are independent artists who didn't sign with the label. Um, I hope that being said, I hope Sturgill comes up and does this. Um, but I—I I don't feel like it would do me justice to just put him on the radio show and talk for eight minutes. Yeah. And besides that, I wouldn't put him on for half an hour because nobody cares. My listeners don't care. I have one job, and that's to get ratings. And as awesome as I think he is for what he's been able to do, I don't really want to put such an inside conversation about why he and I both think the system is broken yeah. on the radio. I don't think it's a place for that. That's why we even started doing this. Yeah, so we can come in and talk about music theory and why we think things suck and what's good and what's not. And That's such a bigger conversation. How you get paid and who doesn't and how come this song didn't cry. And so my whole thing with him was when he was whining about not getting on the radio, like, nobody will play me. And I would come on and be like, hey, dude, you're welcome to come up anytime. You know, we've reached out to you. My old program director, Michael Bryan, was tried to reach out. I tried – everybody tried to reach out. If your people didn't get the email, whatever. I can't prove they did or didn't. Um, I ran into Sturgill last night. We talked for an hour and a half. Prove, I, prove we didn't. You know? <laughs> it's one of those things. You can't. You can't. Yeah. So um, we'll just take him in his word. But I still said many times, like, hey, come up. And that gets around. And so, um, I don't know my point. I was on to something there. I was on to something really good, too, and I <laughs> forgot it. But um, I would love to have him in. I think that would be a fun conversation. I think he wants to come in and create a headline and go, radio sucks. But I think what would be weird for him is if I went, I know. 
I agree. And they'd <laughs> like, be like, what? wait, what? What? Because <laughs> that's what got me in trouble for a Oh, this was my point. He would go, hey, radio sucks. They won't play me. I hate them. I don't even listen to country music. And then he'd go, because I can't get on, but I can't get on the radio. And, ah, and there would be this, this whole thing like, Sturgill's awesome, but he can't get on the radio, so radio sucks. For, 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 I don't care. I don't care. Just give me the song if people want to listen to because I'll talk in between it and try to get ratings. Whatever song's big with people, I'll play those that are put on a playlist for me, and then a couple of them I'll break myself if I think it's a really good song. But I went through the same thing where I was like, Radio PD suck for like my first two years. I was like, radio's awful. And I started to realize at the same time I was saying this, I was also trying to get on other stations, like spread the show. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, why aren't as many stations picking me up as possible? Well, because I'm telling them they suck. <laughs> That's just – you can't have your – like they say, your cake and eat it too. You can't go, hey, radio, you suck, but why aren't you playing me? <laughs> because we're not going to be like, oh, Bobby, you said we suck. I'd love to syndicate your show onto my station. Yeah. That's not how it works. I went through it the really hard way too because I was like, this sucks. I hate the system. There are too many people getting number one songs. This is such a – the same philosophical problem that he has. I do too just in a different way, mm-hmm. but – I chilled the F out on the whole rate just as a business move. Now, his business move is to be independent, and it's worked for him because that became his thing. Like, and he needs to keep doing that. Like, stay off my show because that you're going to come in and try to start a fight, and I'm going to agree with you in the fight. I'm going to start punching myself too. It's like he punched me in the face, and I go, I agree, and I punch myself too. That's just going to be a weird thing, and I don't think the listeners of the radio show would care to hear an inside conversation about the music industry. Mm-hmm. My personal opinion. Um, but I'd love to have him in here and talk. And everybody would pick this podcast up. It'd be on every website, yeah. outlet. It'd be all over. And then he could really put it out there. So I'd love to have him on because I'm a super big fan of what he does. But there are artists who I really like and don't like their music. But I, I'm not, I don't even not like his music. I'm just indifferent to it. Mm-hmm. Just like, okay, I see how people would love it. But for me, it's just not for me. Like, I love John Mayer. <laughs> I liked – that new Garth song is good too though. It's hard for these legendary artists to put out new music. I'm going to tell you why. The Garth thing, he tried with a new record. It didn't work um, a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Got a new team, put new record. This baby, Let's Lay Down and Dance song is now – it's in top 15 now. And the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, you know what? I don't know if this is the number one song, but this song's actually good enough to like really give it a run up the chart. And you got to understand, Garth, to me, is the greatest country artist of all time. Like, everybody has their favorite and their opinions. If it's for us living, you know, a lot of my friends, if they're from Texas, it's George Strait or Garth. If they're older, it's George Jones or Johnny Cash. For me, it's Garth Brooks, the greatest, greatest concert I've ever been to, too. But the problem is, when you're a legend and you come out with new music, if it's totally crazy and different, people are like, you're a legend for a reason. Why didn't you make more music like that? But if your music sounds just like your old stuff, like, oh, he, well, he didn't move ahead at all. Mm-hmm. He he sounds like the same thing. What's he trying to do? Put out a rec- the same record he put out you know, in 1996? It's a really hard place to come from. And so you have to kind of put out a song in the middle, just a little kind of new, but still a little Rudy. And so it's hard to have a number one big breakthrough song with something that that has those two elements. It's still somewhat so traditional and somewhat – it's hard, and Garth has been able to have so much success that before I heard the song, I would have been like, I, I don't know. I don't see how he can do it. 
But then I heard the song. I was like, I think this has got a shot. But it's very difficult. And I was talking to Rascal Flats about this. Again, they're a little uh, like a generation younger than Garth in the spectrum of music. But I was talking with them, and I was, I was like, hey, you know, congrats. You had number one first in, first in a while. And I know Gary, the lead singer, a bit because we used to live four houses down from each other. And I would see him at the gym. So we would have actual human time. Mm-hmm. Not on, I never have human time on purpose. But we'd be in the same place, and since we'd work at the radio show, we would talk a bit, and then we got to kind of be comfortable around each other and talk. So I'd see Gary. I'd be like, "Hey, I saw him again," and he played, and they, that's why they played the Ryman too, because I, I could ask them easily to play our million dollar show without feeling weird, and it's for St. Jude. And so I was like, "When you put out a new single," and he goes, "It's really hard because the song can be good, but people are like, why would I want to play something new from yours when I, you have so many great old songs that we can just play that we know people already like.'" Like, why would I play some new song from Rascal Flatts when I can play God Bless the Broken Road? Or I can play Life is a Highway. Or I can play whatever part of Rascal Flatts' career. And he's like, that's difficult for us because like, we don't even want new stuff from you. Just we, like you. we love to play your old stuff still, so why are you giving us new stuff? Hmm. And so for them to have another number one recently was crazy good. And their new song is going to do really well, too. The Shania thing is going to be crazy weird. I, again, I don't see how it works. But I also thought the same thing. Like, I don't see how the Garth thing works. I'm not saying it's not. I don't see how it's going to work. I didn't see how the Garth thing was going to work until I heard the music. And I was like, this has, I looked at it today. I was like, this has a shot. This has a real shot. I also rooted for it because Garth is my favorite. Mm-hmm. But the Shania thing is weird because she wants to do everything completely different and get rid of, you know, her old producer was her ex husband. And she wants to ride everything. And she's already made the music. And she's going to come out with stuff, and if it doesn't sound like old Shania, people are going to be like, what the heck is this? But if it sounds like old Shania, people are going to be like, what the heck are you doing? It's tough. <laughs> it's a tough thing for someone to come back. And I hope she does. Like, I'm rooting for it to be great. And I've heard a couple of the songs. And I don't really have an opinion, because I don't... They sound different. Yeah, I know we're at 30 minutes. I really don't care right now. <laughs> Um, they sound different. I don't know. I would tell you about how they suck. I, I don't know. I heard them and I was like, I'm kind of confused. Because the two I heard, one sounded nothing like the other. And usually there's some sort of sonic semblance. And there wasn't. But that could be cool. There may be something in the middle. I don't know. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Shania. Um, anyway, so there's that. Let me see. Oh, man, I got stuff written down I never got to. Strict parents? Yeah, did I present the not about? I saw a story about strict parents. Yeah. And there's a new study that shows it's bad to be strict with kids. Very strict parents who are controlling are more likely to raise children who are disrespectful and engage in delinquent behaviors such as stealing and being immature. So very strict parents are, li- are more likely to have bad kids. I had, had no rules. None. Ever. I mean, I can't think of a single rule. I had no bedtime. I had no curfew. I also had no car or no... I mean, I had, it, it was just a survive on your own. Yeah. And, you know, I'm writing this new book. And even in the TED Talk, it's like what I used to think sucked. And I would feel sorry for myself because I had really not a lot of support as a kid. I now I learned a lot from that that is still with me, and at times it's detrimental because I'm such a, a just a dick, and not mean to people, but just so stubborn about things. And I think, I, but I learned how to survive, 
And if I had to, if the world was ending, I'm telling you, if it's walking dead in real life, come find me. <laughs> I will lead us to the promised land. I, we will have the hilltop. We will have, I kind of would. Do you ever hope that the end of the world happens during your lifetime? Oh, yeah. Me too. All the time. <laughs> like, because we're on earth for just a blink of an eye. Just a blink of millions of years. We're, think about, let's just say it's 10 million years, okay? It's longer than that. I saw a story the other day that they found something. Let's say the earth is – Google how old is earth and just see what it says because I, I, I don't want someone to hit me with some scientific stat because it's going to completely derail my thought. 4.5 billion years. Billion years. Okay, 4.5 Let's just say it's 1 billion years old for okay. sake of an argument and for my head and my, my mouth and my head. Earth is 1 billion years old, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, the normal person lives to be 70, okay? Yeah. If you did – do 1 billion divided by 70 – I mean, that's the percentage of the time that we're on this planet. And then times that by four. And there's going to be some number that pops up that you're going to be like, what? I don't even know what this number is. It's so crazy small. number. <laughs> it's basically a blink. Yeah. It's less than a blink. If Earth were a day, one 24-hour cycle, our lifetime would be less than one blink. So the odds that the end of the world happens during our lifetime, it's like a Powerball. Mm-hmm. And how amazing would it be to hit the Powerball? And yeah, you'd be hungry and stuff and suck. But we get to experience like – and if you just suck, you just die. Yeah. Like if you're weak and wimpy, you would just die. We're all going to die anyway. We're all going to die inside this super quick blink. Because the, I'm already – I'm 36 years old. Like I remember being – it seems like yesterday being 22 and being this child prodigy that got his own morning show in a, in a major market and it was like – who is this guy? Where did he, he's just hillbilly from Arkansas? I'm 36 now. Before I know it, I'm going to be 70. And it, I never, th- and it's like, boom, there it is. So I would love in that time for the earth to have some, and me just have to fight to survive. Yeah. That would be, um, I would like to fight like zombies and all the weak people die. And eventually some of the strong do, but we're all going to die anyway inside that blink. So why not make it freaking oh, crazy? I would, <laughs> and I also want, I like testing myself and there's no bigger test. Than the world ending. Survive. Go now. <laughs> if you, like, oh, if The Walking Dead happened, I would love for it to happen during my lifetime. It's funny you do, you would too. Most people would be like, no. I'd lo- How, just, what a thrill that would be. Yeah. Not fun, but what a test. Yeah. <laughs> and how lucky you are to be able to actually see the end of the civilization. We didn't get to see the beginning. We won't get to see the end. We're just right in the middle of the Oreo. We're just right in the middle of the cream. Like, we got nothing. We just ate <laughs> a bunch of cream. Man, what if we got to be on the outside of the cookie? That would be crazy. Yeah, I'm fascinated with the end of the world. Fascinated with time travel. I'm fascinated with, like, are there parallel universes? Uh, are there other planets? Yes, for sure there are other planets with something on it, living. For us, to, we don't even know. We have no idea. They, it's like every day we find something new. Do you, do you know what a light year is? Yeah. It's... How fast it takes the speed of light. And a, I say things wrong yeah. a lot of times. But a light year is crazy because it's how far light can go. Look up the definition. Uh, astronomical distance equivalent to the distance that light travels in one year. Okay. Think, how far light can go in a year. The speed of light in a year. For a whole year, light's going, yo. And then after a year, that's one. Mm-hmm. And there are these things that are probably a million light years away. We have no idea. Yeah. They're probably, they're, 
there's probably Earths that are so far less advanced than us and Earths that are so far more advanced than us, and we have no idea. There's probably some... I don't know, man. That stuff, it's awesome, and it freaks me out at the same time. But, again, wouldn't it be crazy if we got to be here when aliens came down? I know. I got real into looking into, like, parallel universes, timelines, all that stuff. And I don't believe in it, but I definitely don't not believe in it. Like, I wouldn't sit there and argue with you that it for for sure exists, because I can't. Because I don't know. Mm -hmm. But you're never going to convince me that it doesn't. How are you going to convince me it doesn't? You don't know. (laughs) Yeah, time travel. Apparently, that that stuff, man. I think about. I think about that stuff all. I think about dying all the time too, not even in a morbid way, but it's like, man, that stuff is. That that's the most fascinating concept. Is what's greater than us? Period. What's greater than us physically? What's greater than us spiritually? What's greater than us in every way? If someone can write a book and say they went and walked into the light, and it's like the Sturgill email thing. You can't prove they didn't. Yeah. And I think people, you know, if someone wanted to pull pull one on, they get sick, they go in the hospital, they come back, they're like, you know what, I, I did it. I walked to the light. They write a book about it. You can't prove they didn't. There's nothing you can do to prove that that person is lying. Zero things can you do to go, you're lying. So just like the Sturgill emails that his people never got. I can't prove that they got them. <laughs> I can't prove that Jimmy Smith, who wrote a book about walking into the light and meeting the Lord, didn't or didn't meet the Lord. Do I think that Sturgill got the emails? Yep. Can I prove it? Nope. Same thing with, do I think you walked into the light? Yeah, probably not. Probably some chemical. Yeah. <laughs> but can I prove it? No. I can't prove that you didn't. Like, so I'm not going to argue with you that you didn't because you might have. <laughs> it's so crazy that I love knowing that I know less and less. It thrills me to know less and less. Because like the more you learn, the more you realize you have no freaking idea. Mm-hmm. The more knowledge, and I try to read, and it's hard for me because I try, to read all, I try to consume daily news. All of it is possible when I do this show. I try to just consume this news. So I can talk about it, and if it comes up, I know what to say. And I know to have an opinion on it. And sometimes it takes away from me learning on a macro scale instead of a micro scale. Mm-hmm. But I love learning. And the more I learn, the more I realize I'm really freaking dumb <laughs> because I have no idea. And again, the more, I, the, the more I, I, I fill my head with the knowledge, the less smart I feel. And that's a, that's a weird thing. Cause the more I read, I'm like, I'm about to read this book, about to learn all about the cave, you know, do a little, <laughs> little Aristotle, Play-Doh, little Socrates. <laughs> And then you're like, God, I just read that. Now I have, instead of two questions, I have 11. So let me try to address one of these. And one of your 11, now I have 17 regarding one of the 11. And it's just like, oh my, well, whatever. That's why, I, I'm, that's why I'm playing piano. So I can focus on the little things. <laughs> I was practicing piano today. I'm trying to learn how to play piano. Just a little bit. Just enough to play a couple songs. And to know the basics. And um, it's annoying because Lindsay, my girlfriend, is good at it. And she doesn't even try to be. She's like, oh, I suck. And I'm like, oh. And when she goes, I suck, and then just demolishes some song. But she plays music a different way. Like, she's one of those weird people that it's not just about learning muscle memory. Like, she feels, sees music in her head, like, turn directions and things. She's one of those weird ones. And she plays, you know, she plays the fiddle. And she, I mean, it's like, she's like, you know, when Charlie came in, yeah. 
very big, very similar. Big into theory and yeah, yeah. theory. It's it's like the psychology of freaking music. Mm-hmm. And so she's like, okay, let me show you this. I really suck, but let me play this on piano. Then she's pulling out a gong. Like, I know, that's not very good. And then I'm like, clunk, clunk, clunk. So I've been doing that. It's been tough. But again, everybody that's good at something at one time was a beginner. And I took piano lessons for like six months. And then I played on TV a couple times on my old TV show. And then... um, stopped and I don't know anything about it so it was like I didn't t- retain any of it but yeah that'd be good it, I'm ready for Lindsay's music to come out that'd be cool and it's not out yet and it's not my place to say when it's gonna come out but I also don't know when it's gonna come out so I guess I'm, it's my place to say I have no idea when it's gonna come out but I've, one of the songs she emailed me and we played on the radio because I don't know why I played it the first time maybe because it's a little biographical mm-hmm. but it's called uh, Waiting on You What's not to like about this new love thing? Midnight kiss, the slow dances in the rain. But you got my heart beating fast. Yeah. Where this is going, baby, I can't say. Every time you leave me, I just want. You don't like that, though, huh? But I- Imagine something, but you don't like that blue sound generally. Uh, I respect it for the guitar work. Like, I'm really into listening to the guitar. Yeah? Yeah. It's like blues and old school country. It's playing the old, that slide in there. I don't, you just like that. I'm so angry at my mom. I'm so angry at my mom. I'm so angry at my mom. Mom, mom, mom. You just have a different, you have a different taste. Like I like this. I like the funkiness. It's like that John Mayer song that, uh, that I play. It's like funky with the guitar. I'm not talking about no diamond rings. Why put the fences? Those forever things. Called out waiting on you. It's not out as of right now on whatever today is. Not anyway, there's that. By the way, when we do the podcast alone and the way we don't have a guest, the dog chills in here with us and he is passed out <laughs> in the guest chair right now. I like could not be any more asleep and just dead to the world as of right now. Uh, I, I, I have a bunch to talk about, but I, I'm done. How long we go? We try to go 30 minutes. How long was this one? Close to 45, 43. Dang. That whole philosophy thing, dude, it changed my life when I got to college and started learning about philosophers. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Like, really? Everybody kind of believes the same thing. It's all just slightly changed. Yeah, depending end. on where you – like, mm-hmm. the, the geography of – where you are, one, usually one little detail is different, and that changes the whole. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. It, it, listen, I just, uh, I know that I don't know crap, man, except about music, and then I know it all. <laughs> then I got it all down. Um, what we've learned from this is um, 
Sturgill would love to have you. Invited you um, up if you'd like to come up. Would love to have you. I'm a huge fan of how you do things. I'm not gonna lie and be like, oh, I'm a huge fan of the music. I don't not like the music. I just it's just not my thing. But I I love how you've done stuff. So you're more than welcome to come up, and uh, I'll be a gracious uh, host and hope you're a gracious guest, and that would be cool. And you can stop tweeting me. <laughs> <laughs> This is where it's going to go. I just don't feel like we could get what we wanted to get accomplished in the amount of time I could be able to do on the radio. So it'd just be a waste. And I can't have the ratings hit, honestly. We live in a week-to-week culture, society, and it's like you got to keep the freaking ratings up. Mike, anything you want to add? What's on your mind? I think we're good, man. Are you sure? I am. I'm uh, going to go read that book now. Which one? Oh, they're all good. Which one of all those? Uh, what was the one you told me about the... Oh, Outliers. Outliers. It's not a biography, but... yeah. If you read that and come back in a week or two or three or how whatever, you'll be like, "Are you kidding me?" Yeah, I'm gonna start with that one. It's, it's, then the Steve Martin was fantastic too. What band do you, right, right now? What was the last thing you listened to? Joyce Manor. Oh, is it a bunch of ah? Rules are bad. Why am I grounded? Why am I grounded? Is that is that what it is? No. How, spell the name. J O Y C E. Yeah, Joyce and Manor. Manor. Joyce Manor. Mm-hmm. Here's a song called Constant Headache. Yeah. Man, it hurts. Man, it hurts. <laughs> oh, boy. That's what I thought it was sound like. <laughs> yeah. We all have our own taste. <laughs> That's what his voice sounds like. I haven't heard his voice. Okay. But I'm predicting that that's kind of what his voice sounds like. <laughs> yeah, you sound sound that good it's like recording it's like terrible oh, it is a pretty bad produced album <laughs> yeah I don't think the music's terrible it's all subjective mm-hmm. I would, but I'm just saying like the, the quality sounds terrible <laughs> it sounds like something we would do here on the Bobbycast and we record it into the microphones but that's also the appeal to it too mm-hmm. I, I would think yeah lo-fi like it's, yeah like it's cheaply done mm-hmm. alright cool uh, that's a wrap you ready to wrap I love wrap Thank you and goodbye. Episode 40 of the Bobbycast. Thanks to Blue Apron. Be sure to check them out. Blueapron.com slash Bobbycast. Thank you very much. Uh, unless he cancels or gets sick or hates us, uh, the next Bobbycast will feature one half of Holland Oates. John Oates. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member. Author. Incredibly rich person. All right, we'll see you guys. Thank you very much. Bye.